Well, good morning, everyone, <laughs> and welcome again to Refuge Church Ministries Worship Service. Uh, uh, I would like to give thanks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because without him, none of this would be possible. I thank him for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he continues to do in my life. I thank him for being sovereign and his providential care, even in the midst of this global shutdown. Things may be opening back up, but he has carried us through. I also would like to thank our pastors in their uh, season of rest for this opportunity to come from behind the camera and to get in front of the camera to relay what thus said the Lord. Uh, so what I would like to do now is pray for us uh, and then we will go right into the sermon for today. Uh, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I give you honor and glory and just thank you for all things being as well as they are. Lord God, you are our strength. You are our hope. You are our way maker. You are our everything, Lord God. And we just thank you for helping us to keep our eyes upon you in the midst of whatever trouble, any trials uh, that we are currently facing. Lord God, we place it all in your hands and know that you are well able to take care of it according to your will and your plan. I thank you for the pastors for their rest and relaxation so that they can carry this vision. You have given them the next uh, mile of the way, the next leg of the journey so that they can keep going uh, because you have given them some downtime and some breathing room. I thank you for the RCM2 family and I thank you for all that have joined us on Facebook Live and on the conference line. Lord God, you get the glory and the honor. Honor, and I uh, gladly give it to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, the scripture for today has been read in your hearing, which was Acts 4, 32 through 35. But what I'm going to do is take some preaching privilege and, 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 and reserve verse 36 and 37 for some later use in the sermon. But let me give you the title for today. It is Exceptional Qualities of a Spiritually Mature Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, this morning, we are peering into the book of Acts into a newly formed church community and into an exceptional character named Joseph. Uh -huh. If that name is unfamiliar to you in the book of Acts, it is because this gentleman is better known by his nickname rather than his birth name. <laughs> uh, see, in our day and age, spiritually mature Christians do not come a dime a dozen anymore. Uh -huh. Church as it has existed has waned along uh, with its reputation for being the go to place when life hits hard and the enemy doesn't fight fair. Uh -huh. We used to have churches filled with people living for Christ and moving forward in his growth. Nowadays, I'm not sure what we have, but it sure isn't what it used to be. See, see, we have carnal Christians led by their flesh and desires. We have in and out Christians who really don't see the need for the church. We have spiritual people who would rather worship the creation rather than the creator. We have a mixing bowl of various ideals and ideas that shifts wherever the wind blows. In other words, we have churches that are just as powerless as the world it seeks to save. There's no belief, no trust, no Christ in our homes or in our schools and in the average Joe. We've given up the presence of God so as to comfortably fit in, although we are supposed to be just 
passing by. We give in to the pressures to call right wrong and wrong right. We are dictated by society and not our love for the one who died for us. We sit Sunday after Sunday in a state of stunted growth while we check off a box saying church is done. People of God, something has to change. And since we are the church, it starts with her people. It's clean up time. See, the church has to be cleaned up because there is more compromise inside than there is Christ. It's time for us to grow into what we are called to be, a church without spot or wrinkle. We're talking about impacting this world as the body of Christ and a few, just a few exceptional qualities of a spiritually mature Christian. The first point that I want to make, the, the first quality of a spiritually mature Christian is encouragement. Uh -huh. Let me start out by asking a question. Uh, what's in a name? I'm glad you asked. Uh, to answer that, let me give you a bit of a history lesson. In the biblical world, one's name or nickname connotes that person's nature and character, giving it significance and worth based on action and behavior. In the books, book of Acts, there was a man from the island of Cyprus named Joseph from the tribe of Levi, whom the apostles nicknamed Barnabas. I know a few light bulbs just went off. This nickname was a testament to his character and meant son of encouragement. And we find that in Acts 4, 36 and 37. According to several accounts in Acts, he continuously displayed, represented, and lived up to his meaning well. How do I know? Uh, well, do you remember a young, zealous, murder-filled Pharisee named Saul, huh, the persecutor of the church? Not only did Barnabas encourage and partner with him in ministry, he encouraged the church to continue to follow Christ at a critical moment later in the book and encouraged John Mark through his uh, abandonment and failure. I know you all know the story. After they believed and trusted in him, John Mark abandoned them in Pamphylia during the first missionary journey. Now, now, after that, Saul wasn't willing to take John Mark anywhere else with them, let alone another journey. But thanks be to God for spiritually mature Christian leaders like Barnabas in life, who chooses not to give up easily on people, who sees their value and their worth in spite of their mistakes, in spite of their failures, and in spite of levels of immaturity. See, that's important because we don't come to Christ mature. We grow into it through time, experience, and encounters. We have to start forgiving people for not being what we need them to be. They are a work in progress just like me and you. But, but, but we're talking about Barnabas and qualities of spiritual maturity. Not only was he a wise encourager, he had a Christ-like condition that sees past one's failures into their future. He had a condition that helps others reach their full Christ-given potential. He was one who would intentionally reach down into someone's darkness in order to pull them up into God's marvelous light. Now, now, how many times have we been hurt by someone's failure? And rather than forgive them, encourage them, and give them another chance, we just left them there. Acting on what's best for our feelings rather than what's best for God's kingdom. Huh? See, see, just like in the Bible days, a name was given at birth. 
but a nickname was given or spoken from what was observed. In other words, they see what a person puts out and put a name on it, forming a description or title that can either build up or tear down a person's soul. It's a, a mark, a, a brand, a strike against, or a label of honor. And in this case, though, Barnabas was observed to be a generous, need-meeting encourager with an open-minded assessment of the things and the people around him. See, throughout the ages, speaking of a name, we have had parents who have settled on this type of child rearing by name identification, likely intended to impart inspiration and direction into that child's life. Now, 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 yet, yet we have discovered <laughs> that these very same children do not always live up to their namesake. Um, for instance, when diamond is a dud and precious turns out to be anything but, when faith has none at all and when hope has everything but joy, when Damon acts like a little demon and Prince acts like a pauper, huh? again, I ask, what's? in a name. If those who knew you well or know you well were to give you a nickname based on your actions and behavior, would that name uh, 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 be a benefit to the kingdom of God? See, contrary to popular belief, a good name is to be treasured for its uniqueness, for its prestige, and for its value. That is what we should be striving for today, uh, to be a vessel God can use. Uh -huh. uh, we can take a lesson or two from the life of Brother Barney here. Uh, like his nickname infers, encouragement is an action and a behavior associated with a spiritually mature Christian. My second point for the day, the second exceptional quality of a spiritually mature Christian is that they are community minded. Uh, and we can find that in Acts 4, 32, 34, and 37. Now, did you know that unity is in community? <laughs> and that you cannot spell the word community without it. <laughs> See, maybe I'm the only one that just got that revelation, uh, but this type of Christian is like-minded. Uh -huh. What they have done is connected with the church and supports her mission, vision, and goals. This Christian acts as a local waymaker. Uh-oh. I hear you. Now, now, wait a minute, Minister Swan. Waymaker is a term best left for God and God alone. Well, you know, I hear you loud and clear, but check this out. We often attribute the term Waymaker to God for the many ways he has blessed us, opened doors for us, and came through uh, for us on our behalf. We sing about it in songs and we offer a gratitude for the way he has made and the things he has done. However, as those who represent Christ in power and authority, we are tasked with making the way smoother for others and helping them along life's journey. <laughs> Let us remember that God is the only one who provides in supernatural and miraculous ways, but oftentimes, oftentimes he uses people 
to provide for one another. The Bible says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You know what else it says clearly? That God gives the ability to accumulate wealth and possessions. Uh-huh. Uh, what does that mean? Uh-huh. What are you trying to say, Minister Swan? See, y'all ask the best questions. It means that, number one, sir and Miss Missy, that clout, that position, and that power you have is not just for you. God blessed you to bless somebody else. And number two, uh -huh, what about your words? Mm-hmm. Okay. Words are to be used to install or instill hope in a community. They are to be used to lift others up. See, life and death, remember, are in the power of your tongue. Uh -huh. How are you using your mouth? Uh -huh. uh, we're talking about spiritually mature Christians. Number three, let's talk about resources. Uh-oh, here we go. Uh, those that are spiritually mature realize that God is the owner of it all and we are but managers. Uh-huh. You know what ticks me off about the topic of resources? I know y'all want to know. See, see, people don't understand that giving to the church is not a method used to line somebody's pockets. Uh -huh. It's a way to maintain presence in the local community and to offer the world measures of hope. Mm -hmm. See, so, so answer this for me. Why is it that people don't think twice to pay towards the bills of a liquor store, but they hem and haw about blessing God's house? Mm -hmm. What is wrong with that picture? The church needs resources too to do what God has called us to do. Okay, okay, I get it, I get it. Let me move on. Number four, number four is time. Mm -hmm. See, time is a great indicator of what means the most to you. Mm -hmm. Just sitting with someone can make a world of difference in their life. Uh, it's a way to reach out to the community. Did you know that at the end of the day and at the end of a life, time is what's most bargained for? Uh -huh. It's the stuff that regrets are made of when it is neglected, allocated poorly, and used incorrectly. Let me give you an example. Uh, um, some people uh, may know that their end is coming soon. I, I have never heard of a person who, who bargained with God saying, uh, if you let me live a couple of more days, I'm going to just go and give me a new Ferrari. Mm -hmm. Or let me get another week and, and so I can make another million dollars. No, no, no. What people do at that time is want to spend time with their loved ones or maybe to make up for some of the time that they never spent with them. See, the Bible says in verse 32, all the believers were united in heart and mind, every one of them. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. If we can ever get on one accord like this church, we will be a powerful entity in this dying world. See, a spiritually mature Christian supports their community with their time, with their talents, with their gifts, and their resources. No questions asked. And my third point, my final point, uh, the third exceptional quality of a spiritually mature Christian is restoration. This entire passage covers that from Acts 4.32 through 37. See, in this passage of scripture, the community encouraged and restored its members. Uh-huh. They leveled the playing field. And as the Bible records, there was no needy 
person among them. Like Barnabas, many in the community sought after unity in the church by selling their property and fields. Restoring our brothers and sisters, let me remind you, in Christ is a privilege, not a chore. It's a gift of compassion that spills out in service to others and springs up from a heart full of love. Um, Jesus says um, in Matthew 25, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Now, let me paraphrase some of this. So, so, so the righteous will say, now, Lord, huh, when did we do all of that? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. That's a powerful statement. We see from our text that the assembly in Acts had the right idea of church, the right idea of community, and the right idea of responsibility to those around them. See, Likewise, Barnabas the encourager made a way for Saul and restored the waywardness of John Mark. He restored unity in the church by connecting those in the right-wing sector of Jewish tradition with the left-wing church of the Gentiles. See, Barney wasn't a miserly, tight-fisted, parsimonious type of fellow. No, no, no. He gave freely and plenteously of the qualities that made him spiritually mature. See, he saw a need, shared the wealth, and, 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 and restored balance to the broken. He realized that the body functions better together. And let me throw this in for free. Uh, the way we treat each other reveals what we believe and value. See, now restoration is key for the spiritually mature Christian. So let me conclude this message with these words. Those that are spiritually mature are not stingy, me and mine, that'll be fine type of people. They pave the way for Christ and his best in the lives for others. They give of themselves and all God has gifted them with. They look at what's best for the community and are not given to hesitation. Uh -huh. See, Romans 12, 13 says this. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. But I believe this comes with an understanding on 1 Corinthians 12, 25 through 27. Now that says, this makes for harmony among the members uh, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. The spiritually mature Christian looks to establish spiritual equity, unity, and harmony in the world around them. Number one, they provide encouragement. They are community-minded and they live for a grace 
called restoration. This is by no means an exhaustive list, but we all need to be encouraged, especially during uncertain times. We could all use the benefit of community. We need our brothers and sisters in Christ to rally around us. I don't know about you, but I miss my RCM2 community. This pandemic has met us in a hard place. Also, there are moments in our lives as we walk along this journey when, we'll, when we will need restoration in some form or fashion. The only question is, can we count on you? Let me just say this. God bless you to all the spiritually mature Christians out there. Those who know the value in helping others. Because if it wasn't for you, I can tell you that a few of us wouldn't have made it. Uh -huh. It's called unity in community. It's called doing life together. And secondly, let me say, God bless you to all of you who are well on your way. Amen.